Ashadu an la ilaha illallah Ashadu anna Muhammadar Ashadu anna Muhammadar Alhamdulillah <laughs> فاتقوا الله لعلكم تشكرون إذ تقول المؤمنين ألا يكفيكم أن يمدكم ربكم بثلاثة آلاف من الملائكة منزلين بلا إن تصبروا وتتقوا وأتوكم من فورهم هذا يمددكم ربكم خمسة آلاف من الملائكة مستقيمين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من صام رمضان إيمانا واحتسابا غفر له ما تقدم من ذنبه وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه وكما قال عليه الصلاة والتسليم صدق الله العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين نموز بالنبد أنا ما يقام ألزم رضل الفيزي جوت الله سبحانه وتعالى ويزا وكريته our nourisher, our sustainer and provider, peace and salutation be upon our beloved master, Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today is the 15th day of Ramadan. It means half of the month of Ramadan has now, by the end of this evening, inshallah, will be completed. And that is 50% down. So we have to look back at the 15 days that have passed, whether we have maximized, we need to do a quick audit and see that the 15 days that have passed and the 15 nights of Ramadan, these Mubarak days, have we maximized and taken benefits from these opportunities that Allah has granted us? Or we haven't really um, uh, seized these opportunities, these moments, these valuable, very, very valuable moments that we have. We haven't as yet really, um, you know, taken the maximum benefits. So then depending on which side and what our audit you know, results are, we need to now be very worried and concerned and accordingly adjust for the balance 15 days. Because these are opportunities we have, we don't know. It could go anyway. We don't know if we're still going to have any more of these opportunities. Only Allah knows best. So we shouldn't think that, okay, maybe next time or next year or in future, I will try and adjust because we don't know. So the point is, 15 days have passed. Those of us who had maximized, Alhamdulillah, make shukar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah accept all the good deeds that we have done. And those of us who still perhaps first gear, or maybe still getting ignition, still a car in ID, we need to make sure we put our, you know, cars in first gear and second gear and put some you know, accelerator, or put our foot in accelerator because before we know it, next week, Wednesday night, will be the last 10 nights of Ramadan already. Those that are going in Yatikaf will be sitting in Yatikaf on Wednesday night and 
the following Saturday is, is Eid already. Ramadan is going to be over. So we have this coming week and the week after that. So like two Jumas left. The month of Ramadan is over. So let's hope, inshallah, we will try and maximize on the next few days that we have still left of Ramadan. <clears throat> also, Ramadan comes with opportunities. And these opportunities are there to take. You know, it's like a person that's offering you a sale. is only from this day to that day. You can't go after that day and say, you know, I want still that opportunity in a deal. The sale closes on a certain day. So let's take for example, let's say, right, there's a special deal and the deal is only for these 24 hours. So for if today is the 7th of April, so the deal is only for 7th of April. You can't go there on the 8th of April and say, I want the deal that you were offering yesterday on the 7th. It's class, it's finished. You have to take it at that time. So in a very similar way, Ramadan is now. Now when you do a fard, today when we did our Fajr Salah, or now when we're reading our Zahar, our Jummah Salah, the reward is multiplied 70 times. It's for, for Ramadan only. After Ramadan, you're going to go back. So we have to try and maximize, don't waste these opportunities. Now if you read a Sunnah and Nafil, Inshallah, now when the talk is finished, then you're giving the opportunity of performing four rakat sunnah. That sunnah that performed is equivalent to a fard any other time of the year. After the Jummah Salah, we're reading of four sunnah and four fard. You read out of Ramadan, you're getting the reward of a sunnah or nafil, whatever it is. But in Ramadan, the reward is going to be multiplied. So let us try and seize that opportunity and try and maximize on that as well. Don't wait. It's not like, okay, I'll do it later. And also, just a point of reflection as well. We find when Ramadan commences... There is uh, enthusiasm. Everybody is eagerly waiting from before Ramadan. They make in dua, Allah mabarik lana fi rajab wa sha'aban and balikna Ramadan, bless us in rajab and sha'aban and allow us to see the month of Ramadan. And on the first day, mashallah, the masjids are full and there's a, you know, enthusiasm, there's eagerness. People are looking forward to the month of Ramadan. And you go take two, day three. Also, there's a degree of consistency that remains. But then as the days progress and you see as you come towards the middle, there's a lull, you know, like the masjids start getting a little bit quieter and a little bit more emptier. And then you go towards the ending, mashallah, towards the end. Then we, the masjid starts getting full again as you get closer to the Mubarak nights or on a Qadr. And towards the day of Eid. Now, what I'm trying to say is that let not, let's not complacency set in, especially in the middle 10 days, because now we, we started with eagerness and there's like a flat now, a plateau. We sort of flattened out and now towards the ending, we're going to stand go up again. The opportunities are still here now. It's not that because the middle 10 days now, then the rewards are going to be any lesser. Let's try and be cons- consistent. Prophet said, that the beloved actions to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are those that are done with consistency. So also some places, maybe brothers are performing Taraweeh Salah and they completed it in 10 nights or maybe they completed it in 15 nights or last night they would have completed it. They were did it in two Jews a night so they completed. Now what happens is then some people take tripti and they say now no more Taraweeh or some just don't you know, take that serious anymore. That's two different things. Completion of Quran is one sunnah. That mashallah, those of us and those who have completed, may Allah accept. But Taraweeh Salah is sunnah to the entire month of Ramadan. It's not like, okay, because I completed Quran, my Taraweeh is khalas, now finished. No. Till the end of Ramadan, we should continue maintaining these 20 rakats of Salah. So, um, may Allah accept our fasting and our Taraweeh Salah. Also, when I was saying that Taraweeh to the students the other day, that when you're performing our Salah, it's every moment we have to reflect. It's not just up and down. Taraweeh is 20 rakats that we're reading. 
We need to sort of consciously remind ourselves, what am I doing for 20 rakats? I'm reading 20 times Surah Fatiha. I'm going to ruku 20 times more, two and more, besides your normal salah that you're still doing these actions in Ramadan. You can't do tarawih out of the month of Ramadan. In Ramadan, we didn't tarawih. Why is the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for me to go down 40 times more every rakat but two sujood? So that means in every night, 40 more sujood I'm making, and times 10, 400, then in 20 days is 800, and by the end of the month, 1,200 times sujood, if I perform every rakat, 1,200 sujood I made. I prostrated Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Was it just like a going to the gym, no, up and down and out, and then do a little bit of exercise. Maybe it was to digest the halim and the samosas we had at iftar went up and down. Although the people have gone into, actually, if you do research, they've made uh, some medical benefits and physical benefits attached to Tarawih Salah. We don't do it for that reason, but there is scientific research and medical research has been done. But my point is, we, we're not really doing it for that reason. We have to reflect, why is, why am I... 1,200 sujood in the month of Ramadan extra. What is the objective? What am I supposed to have achieved at the end of this month? 30 days I'm fasted. What am I supposed to have achieved through this 30 days? Just being hungry. Many people are fasting. The only thing you get is hunger. You stayed hungry from point A, time A to time B, from Seri to Iftar. You just stayed hungry. That's all. You never eat, you never drink. And Rupa Qa'imin, and we perform this 20 rakats of salah. Laysa lahu min qiyamihi illa sahar. And only thing we got was we stayed awake. Or maybe in the ta'ab, maybe you got tired because 20 times and up, cuts up and down. So it is very, very important to us to think and to reflect on what is like the objective. What is this purpose of this whole fasting that I'm going to, not just to stay hungry and not just to make yourself tired. There is a whole spiritual metamorphosis, you see, a whole spiritual change and a rejuvenation and a charge that we need to get our, 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 our spiritually charged up. That's what we're supposed to be getting through this fast. It's like our cell phone, if it's dead, you're going to put it and put it into the socket, you need to charge it. Then you see that thing is going round and round, or that thing is moving up and down, indicating that there's charging. By the end of a certain time, whether it's one hour, we got a speed on speed charge, or whether it takes three hours. But the end of that, when you take out the cell phone, you expect to see that the cell phone now is fully charged. It was plugged in there. It was getting some type of, you know, um, a current that was going through. And it was put it, it was a sort of, the, the cell phone now is fully 200%. So when we are fasting also, already performing our Tarabi Salah, 1,200 times being up and down sujood, 1,200 sujoods for these 30 days. It's like we must sort of reflect we are in the spiritual charging mode. Maybe before Ramadan, our spirits were low, condition of our heart is a little bit you know, uh, hardened. So in Ramadan, now we're spiritually charging it. In this fast, we want to spiritually charge our hearts. Now maybe of zero to one, and then by the end of Ramadan, inshallah, our heart should be fully enlightened. Is like that light now that's not coming on. It's dead. You got this magneto lamp, so something is dead now. You used it enough. So you put it on charge. After a certain time, now it's fully bright. When you put it on, it's fully bright. So at the end of Ramadan, our hearts that were spiritually dead, you know, it was malnourished. There was no all the magnesium and the spiritual uh, uh, calcium that was required for our spiritual hearts. All was diminished. It was low. So every fast, we are pumping now these vitamins, 
the spiritual vitamins every day you're fasting, you're pumping your heart, and you're pumping your spiritual life, or you're pumping the current. Now when it comes to El, night of Eid, our hearts have become illuminated. Now it's brightened. And it might be so illuminated that it must carry us for the other balance of the year. Or the, 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 the spiritual vitamins or calcium and the magnesium that we have put, that we are lacking. Now we put that into our spiritual hearts. Now the rest of the year, inshallah, it's carrying us. We got the spiritual strength. We got the spiritual capability or the spiritual light to see. It was dark. Now we got the spiritual light to help us for the balance of the year, the 11 months of the year. That's going to continue. So if we don't do this, then we have actually defeated and not achieved the main purpose of fasting, spiritual upliftment. That is why Allah says in the Quran, You are fasting because you have to get this quality of taqwa in your life. And this quality of taqwa is a spiritual uh, uh, rejuvenation. It's spiritual enlightenment. It's the vitamins and the minerals that our, our bodies need, the spiritual bodies need. This taqwa, the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this should infiltrate and permeate every facet of our life. When you're fasting, it's not just for fasting, for spiritual, physically. Right, okay, I fasted. I am hungry now. And I made iftar. Now the reward is ajar, mashallah. Yeah, absolved. We're not saying we won't be absolved the responsibility. Or you went uh, 1,200 times in Ramadan up and down for sujood. You absolved, you fulfilled the tarawih salah. But the true essence of it is that it was now permeate every aspect of your life. This mission, you humbling and lowering yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this submission and this quality of servitude should permeate every aspect of your life. So now when even at home, when you're with your wife and with your children and your family, this quality of submission must infiltrate. You see that everything you're doing at home also is that I'm submitting to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in my, in my social interaction with my dealings with my family and my interaction with my neighbors. It's like a purpose. You do not really achieve the spiritual benefit if you fasted, but when you went home, then you're abusive to your wife or children, or you're not fulfilling the rights of your neighbors, or you didn't park your car correctly as slumsy as it sounds. But this whole fasting was supposed to bring about this change in your social interaction, in how you are socially interacting with people. That is how we say we got a spiritual benefit. This light that came into my heart is directing me to conduct myself in a certain way. So this training we are doing in this month of Ramadan is to get that. Now when you go and do your business dealings, your mu'amalat, right, you now have to do these business deals, you're borrowing or you're lending or you're buying or you're selling. This fasting has created a certain type of mindset by which now you will now make, treat your customers or you'll treat your, 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 your suppliers or if you're a professional person or a doctor in your interaction, fasting has given you a certain direction, a certain light this 1,200 sujood extra that you made in the Tarawih Salah has taught you this humility and the simplicity and submission to dealings in my monetary transactions that I get into in my daily, in my, in my daily work that I'm being, whether I'm a professional, when I'm a business person, whatever it is. It must permeate also in my ikhraq, in my conduct. Now, that is why the Prophet Sallallahu has mentioned, مَن لَمْ يَرْفَثْ وَلَمْ يَفْسُقْ فَلَيْسَ لِلَّهِ حَاجَةٌ أَيَّدْعَ طَعَامًا وَشْرَابًا وَكَمَا قَالَ يَسْلَمَ تَسْلِيمٍ That person who doesn't abandon immoral talks of futile sins, of vulgar words coming out of his mouth, etc. Then as though Allah is not in need of him to leave out his food and his drink, it has to work side by side. Your khalqanna by your fasting and your tarawih, your 20 rakah salah. Now I'm not behaving 
like an animal anymore. I'm not speaking anyhow, making rebirth and carrying tales. Now my fasting has trained me to make my conduct be in a certain way. It has taught me for my mu'asharat, my dealings to be in a certain way. My monetary transactions has to be carried out in a certain way. This is the spirit of fasting. This is the tarawih supposed to bring this change in our life. So inshallah, may Allah give us that. I just want to spend a nuts, two or two of, three or four minutes that I have also to shed light on a very significant event that had taken place in Ramadan and that is the Battle of Badr. The Prophet ﷺ participated in many battles and the battles that he personally took part in are known as Ghazawat. And the ulama, the historians have a difference of opinion how many he personally took part in but ranging from between 19 to 27 which he personally participated in those are known as Ghazawat. And then you get what is known as Saraya, Saraya expeditions, that the Prophet himself did not participate, but he dispatched the Sahaba. Those range between 35 to 45 Saraya in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this battle of Badr took place, usually the historians say, on the 17th of Ramadan. Today is the 15th of Ramadan. So Sunday will be the 17th of Ramadan. This battle of Badr took place on the 17th of Ramadan. I don't have the time to go into all the finer details here in this platform because of time restrictions. But my humble request, maybe refresh in our memories. Take a book like Sirat al-Mustafa or some um, history book, Muhammad, by some reliable author, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Just open if you don't want to read the whole book because it's too long, maybe you're lazy reading. But go to the chapter on the Battle of Badr and refresh in our memories. But important thing is to see what are the lessons of the Battle of Badr. Right? And maybe two or three for, for now for the Juma platform, and maybe inshallah we can take the time to read it up ourselves. Allah makes mention in the Quran, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assisted you in a battle of Badr when you were few and weak in number. Then he says, Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have the consciousness of Allah, make shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there were 313 sahaba, 313 ill-equipped sahaba, where the historians say they had two horses and uh, camels that wasn't sufficient, they had to take turns, three, four of them, like put into small groups, and then one walked, or some walked, and one rode. And then the person who was riding used to come down. Then the other person that there, they used to take turns in the two or three horses that they had, you know, whatever number of camels that they had. Whereas the Mushrikeen, the non-Muslims, were 1,000 in number. So it's 313 against 1,000. So that means there were three times more. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala eventually granted them victory. The lesson that the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not dependent on numbers. The help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dependent on our connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not that who we know or how much money we have, and then that means that that's an indication of our automatic acceptance or success. Another criteria of success, criteria of the help of Allah has been successful, is our hearts being connected. That's what I was talking about also when we're fasting. Our hearts have to get connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes with dua. The month of Ramadan is a lot to do with dua. In this battle, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned in, in the night and in the eve when the battle is to take place. Now 17th, imagine the battle is taking place on the 17th. So now in the night before, Sahaba Ikram say that sleep overtook them. Allah made it such that the peace, that the peace and serenity overcame them. But Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam stood up the entire night in dua. 
And he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amongst the dua. He said, Wallah, if this group is destroyed today, then your ibadat will not be made as though referring to the objective of being of Allah. Then the entire night was engaged in dua. And the next day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted victory where Rasulullah had indicated specifically this person, this is where he will fall. This person, this is where he will fall. And indicated to each one of those mushrikim at exactly the spot. Historians write, not one hair span further or before, but at the exact spot that Rasulullah had indicated, that is where each one of them had fallen. And how the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came via the angels. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the angels to assist him. In the Fatjus, this incident is referred to by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, when Rasulullah was making mashura with the Sahaba, so the importance of dua. Number two is also the help of Allah is not to do with your contacts and the power and what facilities you have. Yes, you put a security system in your house, you know this contact, this lawyer, or you have this contact, this person, or you got lots of money. That is not the criteria. The help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what we still need, and that is most important. Coming back to Rasulullah makes mashura with the Sahaba Ikram before going on the way now, he came to know that this is what the army is coming, they are well equipped. And Migdad ibn al-Aswad radiallahu said to Rasulullah let go forward, we will not abandon you, like how the Banu Israel said to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, idhab anta wa rabbuka faqatilayna haahuna qa'idun. He said, if you go, we're waiting here. He said, no, we're going to be with you. They said to Rasulullah we're going to be with you. And Sa'ad ibn Mu'az gave a lengthy speech to Rasulullah sallam. And amongst the things he said, Oh Rasulullah, what you take from us is better than what we keep. And he said to Rasulullah sallam that if we have to march to the, the land us now to jump and go into the ocean, we are ready to do that. So the Sahaba gave Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam their full support. And that made Rasulullah sallallahu very, very pleased. And he went forward in the battle. Now the lesson for us as well, we have to give deen our full support without any hesitation, without any reservation, whether we understand or don't understand. Deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is for our benefit. We are not going to be doing the deen a favor or the grandeur and the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will increase because you are giving it your the resources, whether it's your financial resources or your time or your performance salah. We give deen our resources and support because we need it and the greatest beneficiaries will be us. The Sahaba Ikram, they gave Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi their full support and then became radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Allah is pleased with them and they please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I just mentioned two or three of the lessons because of time limitations. I cannot go into more detail. But suffice, inshallah, that you will take this long weekend that we have to pull out that book that was lying in your shelf, maybe Ayatul Sahaba or Siratul Mustafa, and maybe just have browse through the, 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 the Sirah of Rasulullah specifically on this battle of Badr which took place in Ramadan and see each of the points that we read. What lessons can I practically implement in our lives? May Allah give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. Just one answer before we Alhamdulillah, Malala was explaining about the Battle of Badr. Alhamdulillah, tomorrow, inshallah, after the Asr Salah, uh, Saturday after the Asr Salah, inshallah, we got Malala Muhammad Aku, who will be, inshallah, visiting us. And he will be speaking, inshallah, on the Battle of Badr as well, inshallah. So let us make ourselves available, inshallah. And he will be going to in detail also, in much time after Asr Salah. Inshallah, let us come, take part, inshallah, and inshallah, we'll benefit Allah. Jazakallah khair.